The sponsor for the Shepherd's Crook podcast for the month of June is The Majesty's Men. The Majesty's Men is a multifaceted venture for maximizing men by glorifying God together. TheMajesty'sMen.com focuses on creating content and community for men with an evangelical, reformed, and complementarian perspective on issues we face and roles we fulfill as men of God in our society. The Majesty's Men hosts the Honor God Network, which focuses on content and ministry for men of God. The Honor God Network takes the massive infrastructure and premium tools of TheMajesty'sMen.com and shares them with exemplary men of God who are faithfully, boldly, and winsomely serving others and engaging society with the gospel of Jesus Christ via their personal blogs and podcasts or other projects and ministries. The Majesty's Men then assist in the management and upkeep of the site so everyone can continue doing what they're doing with excellence. A membership on one site gives you access to all the sites in the network and many blogs, podcasts, resources, and projects, and other partner ministries that are in the works. Learn more, join in, and contribute at themajestiesmen.com. Learn more about the Honor God Network and see if you and your work may be a good fit to join by simply typing hnr.gd into your browser. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. It is episode 48. I hope you're doing well today. I am. I am sipping on my coffee as usual early this morning, and I want to talk to you today about the looming midlife crisis that's coming for millennial pastors and what happens when pastors go through midlife crisis. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we need wisdom as we think about these things, and if we're younger men, I'm in the older group of millennials and coming up on this 40-year mark, and Uh, There are things that I'm thinking through that I wasn't thinking through 10 years ago. And if there's young guys listening, Lord, I pray that you would uh, use this to equip them and prepare them for things that uh, may be coming for them down the road. And then if there's guys that are in their their 40s and 50s listening to this, I pray that this would be helpful for them as they're thinking through what's going on in their mind and their heart and their life and uh, even in their body. And so lead this discussion. Help me to be clear and concise and uh, faithful to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, the oldest of millennials were born from the year 80 to 83. I was 83, so I'm in the oldest age. Now, the crazy thing is that there are some millennials that are actually old enough to be grandparents at this stage of life. And so we're coming up on that age of 40 and kind of the classic midlife crisis age. And there are several things that happen during midlife crisis. And, you know, the traditional things where the 40-year-old man goes out and buys a sports car, he has a new younger wife, he, he kind of trades in his first wife for a younger wife and starts acting erratically and it's just weird, dyes his hair and just, okay, so those traditional things. But there are a few things that I think in pastoral ministry we need to look out for because I think pastoral ministry has a way of disguising or masking a midlife crisis and we can almost, as pastors, be chameleons where nobody really notices it. We can't really put our finger on what's going on with this man in his 40s, but there's something going on. We just don't have a name or category for it because it's very chameleon, because we can hide behind the glory of God and big visions and big moves of God, quote-unquote moves of God. But there are a few things, I think, that are that are common to a pastor and the midlife crisis, and I just want to say a few of those, talk about a few of those, and then 
point to what I think is the primary driving force behind so much of the pastor problems that we see in the, in the 40s. So here's what comes up, I think, with a pastor who's going through a midlife crisis. Torn ACLs, affairs, depression or burnout, and self-promotion. So let's just go through those. Torn ACLs, that's kind of like a metaphor for all physical injury through the late 30s into the 40s. I'm wanting to be like my younger self at this stage of my life. And I'm noticing now that I'm not like my younger self. My body is changing. And I, I love the fact that, that Tiger Woods came back and won the Masters, and it's been so many years since he's won, and uh, he just won his 15th major. And I absolutely love it because Tiger, Tiger Woods is older than me. And I love that Tom Brady, I've been a Tom Brady fan and a New England Patriot fan for, I don't know, since I think 2004. But Tom Brady being still at the top of his game into his 40s is really great for me because, again, he's a little bit older than I am. And so I look at those guys and see them dominating their sport, and I'm thinking, hey, that's great. Way to go for the one. There's one for the old guys. And for me now, as I'm watching, you know, the, like watch the NBA playoffs or watch the NFL, and I see that almost everybody is younger than me. And it's just, it's different. You know, I grew up, you know, looking up to all these athletes and looking up to them as older men, as grown men. And now I look at them thinking, man, those, they're just, they're young. And a couple weeks ago, I ran 16 miles in over four days and my knee started hurting. And it was frustrating. It was really frustrating to me. Gray hair is common, you know, when you get into your 30s. I don't have any gray hair uh, or I'm not balding or anything, but that's also typical. And what we, I think, buy into as this generation you know, cherishes and worships youth is this idea that we want to push back age. We don't want to age well. We forget the fact that gray hair is supposed to be, according to the Proverbs, a crown of glory. It's gained by a righteous life. But aging in our society is looked at as something that, that you need to shy away from, that you need to do everything that you can to, to not grow into. And certainly we need to take care of our body. So much of what we see when pastors keep dressing like they're, you know, 19 years old, is this fear of growing older. And I think the possibility of, of this idea of working out all the time, and working out is a good thing. It, it, we need to take care of our bodies. I do that. But I think this phenomenon of pastors getting into shape and, and working out and just, you know, going for it with things like CrossFit and all those things. And if you do CrossFit, that's that's great. I'm not, it, it not Maybe I'm not talking about you, but I could be. But all these things, I think instead of it being something that we look forward to, growing older, and, and that we enjoy the work of God in our lives and the influence that comes with aging, we, we just shy away from it. And I think what happens when we try to act like we're younger, not just dressing younger, but acting younger physically, we get hurt. And so there's torn ACLs. And so a lot of, a lot of the midlife crisis comes with physical injury. And I'm experiencing that a little bit right now. Not that I'm going through a midlife crisis now, but typically what happens is a lot of physical injury because we're not wanting to accept the fact that we're getting older. Okay, let's think about affairs. Why do so many middle-aged pastors have affairs? Think about all the pastors who have fallen the last few years, the last, you know, 10 years. They're all in their late 30s, early 40s. Almost all of them are that midlife crisis age. And a couple of them that are in my mind right now, one in particular, it had to do with affairs and emotional affairs. Why do so many middle-aged pastors have these? It's like a scandal comes out almost every every other year, every year, where we hear about pastors falling or failing or having affairs. And 
it's sad. It really is sad. But why is it that this happens so often? Well, here's, here's something to consider, at least. Men want to be respected and honored. And in the late 30s and to the early 40s, home for that middle-aged man can be kind of difficult. Kids are growing up. Marriage seems to be more about, you know, who's taking the kids to practice than it is about the next date night. Home life can get difficult. But church life at that season of life really seems to be taking off. The 40-year-old pastor has really hit stride because he knows what he's doing. He's kind of landed in the model of ministry that he he believes in. He, you know, has some conviction about the word that he didn't have in younger years when it comes to pastoral ministry. And he's managing and leading the family of God well. And so he has honor and respect in this family. But at home, it's hard. And so the writing's on the wall. Scandal's coming. It's just a matter of time. When the pastor leans into his church family more than his family family, I mean, it's just, come on, scandal's coming. So he's got women that look at him with respect, and all of a sudden, counseling gets weird. And so, guys, you have to be look out for You just really have to look out for this. And this this happens. It really does with emotional affairs and physical affairs. So that's something else to look look out for in that midlife crisis because you're really hitting stride at work, and home is hard. And then depression and burnout. There are so many pastors that burn out in those late 30s, early 40s. There's a really sad Twitter stream by this guy, named pastor named Dave Gass, a couple months ago from uh, Missouri, and he talked about been been in ministry for years. He's got a lot of the Bible memorized, and he's abandoned the faith. And what I think's happening with him, and I wish he had some godly counsel that had come around him, and I think maybe he may come out of this, but somebody would say, hey, why don't you just take a, take some time and just relax for a little bit and take some time off and just get some really good godly counsel through this season of life because I think the guy's going through a major burnout and depression and some serious testosterone drop level dropping kind of things that can happen. Guys, you need to be aware of this really mainly when you get into your 50s, but there's this thing for men called andropause where where when testosterone levels drop, you can go through some real issues. But physiological changes that happen from your 30s into your 40s into your 50s really do take effect in the life of a man in many, many different ways. And we need to be aware of that. Do some research. Do some study. Talk to your doctor. Uh, really be prepared uh, as you grow older and through prayer and just trust in the Lord and trust in the promises of God and believing God, you know, Christ is for you. So depression doesn't come with the full Force that it could. Depression is both clinical and there's sinful kinds of depression. There's sinful kinds of anxiety and non-sinful kinds of anxiety, and we need to know the need and we need to know the differences. But I think so much of what happens with uh, pastors that that get this massive drive and then just kind of collapse are, you know, guys that have ran so hard in their 20s and 30s and they get to their late 30s, early 40s, and they have no energy left and they just are depressed. It's run, 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 run for 20 years. Millennial pastor, it's coming. If you've been run, 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 running for 20 years, I'm telling you, take note, learn lessons now. If you don't learn how to rest, it's coming. And that crisis that just you're staring down the barrel, it's coming at you. You've got to learn rest now. And then self-promotion. Self-promotion is a symptom of insecurity. It just is. Men want to be somebody. We always have. We got to fight that urge to want to be somebody. We want to make a difference, and that's good. We want to make a difference in life, in our church, and in our world. And the pastorate is the breeding ground, really a breeding ground like no other for false humility. And I just can't tell you how much I want you and other people to recognize my humility. (laughs) So uh, if you would just honor me for my humility, folks, that would be amazing. Okay, you see? I mean, you see the irony there? 
there's a fine line between being a producer of material and being a prostitute of material. And I've got to really work through this as I'm thinking about Shepherd's Crook stuff. Why am I actually doing this? Am I wanting to get good resources into your hands? Am I wanting to really equip you? Or am I really wanting to prostitute myself? Am I wanting just to make money or to build a name for myself and self-promote and all that sort of things? And I've got to, sometimes in my heart, I waffle back and forth. I really need to press into the grace of God to make sure that I'm doing this for the right reasons and really need to be secure in Christ to make sure that I'm not just doing this to get a name for myself. But the midlife crisis of a pastor often looks like excessive and aggressive self-promotion. And we've got to be aware of this in our heart. And so when a man wants glory, it can go bad really, really quick. And also, when a man is not okay with the life that God has given him, when a man is not content with the life God has given him, he often pursues more, not for the glory of God, but out of discontentment, wanting to build a name and, and wanting to build a life for himself that's different from the life that God has given him. Godly ambition is good. Selfish ambition is really, really bad. You know, public affirmation is an incognito drug called effective ministry, okay? People love, quote-unquote, effective ministry, not because God is receiving more and more glory, but because pastors are getting more and more affirmation. And for the for the man that's insecure, affirmation is, is more addictive than drugs. I mean, it's more addictive than meth. Okay, we could go on, but you get the point. And please don't hear me say that all guys, all older millennial guys, or everybody in their 40s or 50s are going through this, okay? I'm not talking about universal application of midlife crisis across the board. I'm just talking about things that you really need to be looking out for. But we could go on, okay? But here's the deal. I think it comes down to one, one, this whole issue of of midlife crisis comes down to one really big thing that the church has really just drunk the Kool-Aid on, hook, line, and sinker, and it's this thing called vision, And you might think, what? Extra biblical vision, yes. Well, aren't we supposed to have a mission statement, a vision statement, and seven values for the church and and then get as many people as we can to buy into this thing? Well, yeah, if you just go read the standard manuals on everything right now, of course. But I'm telling you, I think if you get an extra biblical vision for your life, it is a recipe for a disaster. And if you get an extra biblical vision for your church, for the local church that you serve, it's a recipe for disaster. It is extra-biblical vision, and it is destroying men everywhere and churches everywhere and families everywhere. It's destroying modern pastoral ministry today. This idea of vision, 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 you got to get a vision. So why? The idea is that you got to get a vision, cast the vision, and get people to buy into the vision. And you go for it, and you get the right people on the bus, and all this, and it is, here's the deal, I think we need to, to, to actually slay the vision dragon. I agree with Diedrich Bonhoeffer, and here's what he says in his book, Life Together. It's a great little book. I originally heard about the book from Jared Wilson. You just get it and read it. It's fantastic. And here's one excerpt from the book that just, I mean, hit me like, I mean, like a two by four between the eyes. God hates visionary dreaming. Okay, let's pause. Just that. God hates visionary dreaming. Now, coffee break, just a second. Mm, so good. God hates visionary dreaming. Seriously? Why? We're told today that vision is such a good thing. You got to have vision, you got to get vision, you got to go for vision. Here's what he says It makes the dreamer proud and pretentious. The man who fashions a visionary ideal of community demands that it be realized by God, by others, and by himself. He enters in the community of Christians with his demands, sets up his own laws and judges the brethren and God and himself accordingly. 
he stands adamant, a living reproach to all the others in the circle of brethren. When things don't go his way, he calls the effort a failure. When his ideal picture is destroyed, he sees the community going to smash. So he becomes the first accuser of his brethren, then the accuser of God, and finally the despairing abuser of himself. And friends, here's what I think. If you go through your 20s and your 30s on this vision train, you're going to get to your 40s. And when it's not realized, when your church is still smaller, or when things don't explode like them, like you want it to, you're going to start becoming a, an, an accuser of the brethren, and you're going to crash. And I think this fits the picture of so many pastors that have failed. I think this is what's going on, with what, what happened with Mark Driscoll. I think this is what happened with Darren Patrick. I think this is what happened with the guy down in Nashville. I think, I mean, just you name it. I think this is what happened with James McDonald, uh, other than maybe not being actually regenerate, and many other pastors who go through this, this thing in their 40s and their 50s. They are just driving people and driving and driving and driving out of insecurities, out of the idea that they're not content, that Jesus isn't enough. They've got to have more. They've got to have bigger. And they become the the accuser of literally everybody. And then finally, after accusing God for not coming through, finally, the despairing accuser of himself. So here's the big idea. Pastor, Jesus is our visionary. That's it. You don't have to be a visionary. You're free. God has not left us to define our own lives. He's not asked us to have a vision for our life personally. He's not asked us to have a vision for the life of our church. He's not given that to us. He's not given that responsibility to us. Instead, he's just given us a vision. He's given us a mission. He's given us values. And they're all right there in the Word. You don't have to come up with them. You don't have to do a contextual study of your city. You have the Great Commission. And so we're called to deny ourselves. Deny whatever visions of grandeur that we have. Take up the cross and follow Jesus. Death to our dreams, for goodness sake. Death to our visions. Submit those visions to the Lord. There's freedom. You don't have to be the visionary. You don't have to be entrepreneurial. And take up what God has for you today. Take up his vision. His word has not left us in the dark. Our ecclesiology, our missiology must be subject to the vision of the New Testament, not to the vision of our own imagination. Well, without vision, the people perish. Yeah, with false vision, the people perish, for goodness sake. Give them the vision of the New Testament. So my prayer for myself and for you, is that through midlife crisis and that age of late 30s, into the 40s and into the 50s, that I would be able to joyfully say with Paul, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. That's what I want to be able to say with the Apostle Paul. Brothers, we don't have to go through the midlife crisis. It can be avoided. Rest in the finished work of Jesus. You are not building your kingdom. Enjoy the good gifts that God has given you. Deny yourself and be ready for your late 30s. Be ready for your 40s. Be ready for your 50s. Jesus is enough. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.